This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Water Cooler Talk, Cardi B's favorite podcast to listen to while training to take on Nicki Minaj for round number two. And if you're curious about what Cardi B has been training to, this is Water Cooler Talk, the only such podcast on the internet hosted by me, Adam Schultz, and guest hosted by today's guest, The Real Is Back Music featuring Fix and Styles. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank, thank you for having us. Are you guys ready to talk some uh, strange and interesting real life? Life news stories? Always. Of course. All right. For those wondering at home, Water Cooler Talk is about connecting the world in conversation by taking the strangest, the weirdest, the quirkiest, most bizarre, and most interesting real life news stories. That's right. All of these news stories have happened in some shape or form in our simulation we call life. And well, we're going to we're gonna open up a discussion about some of the ideas presented in that article. If you guys want to share a strange and interesting local news story yourself or send us your odds on Cardi versus Manon. Two, you can email us at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com. Before we begin, guys, Cardi versus Nikki in a cage fight, who do you have winning? Oh, Cardi B. Cardi B is hood. Yeah, I mean, if you're pairing careers in music, Nikki got her in that, but they put the gloves on, Cardi B rocking her shit. <laughs> yeah, they call her Cardi B. She running shit like cardio. That's all I got to say. Cardi B ran up to her at a fashion show. That's some hood shit right there. <laughs> she ready. I'm team Cardi all the way. I don't care right. what nobody. Well, all right. Uh, you guys ready for story number one? Let's get it. How? What are your guys' stances on conspiracy theories? And have you ever been to Denver? I have been to Denver, but thing about I, some of them make you at least make it make sense. I need some like facts that be like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I can see why you would say that. But it's just some off the wall stuff where it's just like connecting <laughs> weird dots that don't go together. Yeah, I, I don't go that far. Fix, you're saying no, it doesn't make sense. I mean. Some of it don't make sense. I've never been to Denver. Probably never will. What? Whoa, whoa. Hating on the state of Colorado. That's controversial. No, because I got, you know, I'm borderline sick of sale. That's why I can't go. It'll mess up my sick of sale. The altitude, you know, this, that, and the third. You know, it's nothing against Denver. Like, I hate the Broncos, matter of fact. So now that I think about it, (laughs) it is against Denver, right? You know, I don't like y'all. You know, I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. Cam should have dove for the ball. That's all I got to say about it. But conspiracy theories, some of it makes sense. Some of them don't. First, First, you need go visit Denver before you make that judgment. Denver is a beautiful city. That's that's my that's where I went to school. If y'all can I went get to me, Fort Collins, not Denver, but if Denver can get me as high as I was when I first did the gas mask, I will be glad to visit. <laughs> I don't care about almost dying from sick of sale. I will go visit and that will be my dying wish. Denver can get you there. Fair <laughs> enough. You know. All right, well guys, this is a story remodeling the lizard people's lair. Denver Airport trolls conspiracy theorists. It's from the Guardian. Earlier last week, Denver International Airport started reconstruction on several different sections of their structure, but now without poking fun at the multiple conspiracy theories that have surrounded the airport since its opening in 1995. Construction signs around the airport now support different slogans related to the Illuminati. You guys know the Illuminati? Mm -hmm. Are you guys members? (laughs) No. Not yet. I can't (laughs) tell you. (laughs) One sign reads construction or cover up next to a yellow hard hat labeled with the Illuminati insignia and another shows a reptile wearing a suit that asks, what are we doing? With one answer being, remodeling the lizard people's lair. If you guys want to check out what those signs uh, look like, you guys can 
check those out in the link in the description below. But for some reason, ever since its opening, Denver International Airport has, for some reason, been the subject of numerous conspiracy theories, and here are some of those reasons. And if you guys have heard any of these, please chime in. The dedication stone created for the airport's opening bears the logo of the Freemasons and was not only paid by a Freemason lodge, but also by an organization called the New World Airport Commission, an organization on which little to no information can be found. Uh, the unusual murals spread across the airport by artist Leo Tanguma, which depict creepy images of man-made environmental destruction and genocide. Uh, however, the artist has stated that the series tells the story of destruction, eventually leading to all of humanity living in harmony and peace. Kind of makes sense. And I just... Sounds weird to having an airport. Who is in an airport flying? Like, you know what I really need right now? A story about destruction. Some and bringing genocide. The, <laughs> genocide and bringing the people together. All in all. That's what I think about when I go, when I fly. It's the last thing I need <laughs> before I get on an airplane, throwing thousands of feet in the air to think about genocide and dying for the hope of all people. Well, one I, thing you can see from the airport while you're flying in is that the runway, people think the runway was arranged in the, sw- in the shape of a swastika. And I actually looked it up and it kind of does look like a swastika. I mean, it's kind of like that thing where you like see faces when there's not actually mm-hmm, faces. Mm-hmm. So I could see how people kind of get into it. There's also people think the unusual markings on the floor represent satanic symbols. And the king of all conspiracy theories is that the underground automated baggage system that malfunctioned when the airport opened and eventually terminated in 2005 is in fact an underground bunker for the lizard people. Have you guys heard about the lizard people conspiracy theory? Where do you stand? I've never heard of the lizard people before. Well, I've heard of the lizard people, but I don't know much about the conspiracy theory. Well, it's basically that all the powerful people in the world, like say, like let's take Elon Musk, is actually like a lizard person where wearing a human suit and from a different planet. This sounds like a South Park episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. They probably did make an episode about it. Uh, But anyways, guys, so the story, I want to play a little game with you guys. Are you guys down to play a game? Let's play. Okay, it would be horrible if you just said no. It's It's like, nah. All right, yes, we're moving on. All right, so I'm going to list out five of the most popular conspiracy theories, and I want you guys to, you guys are a team as the reel is back. I want you guys to work as a team to rank them from least to most believable and give kind of an explanation why. So let me get on my game show voice. <clears throat> Welcome to Illuminati Confirmed. More like Illuminati Swerve. <laughs> all right, so this is conspiracy theory number one, and we'll go through all of them, and then you guys can rank them. A secret group controls the world, often called the New World Order or the Illuminati. This conspiracy proposes that a secret group of powerful individuals has been controlling different interactions around the world in hopes of eventually creating a one-world government. Possible members and include Beyonce, Warren Buffett, and Hitler. All right, so that is conspiracy number one. Might be true. <laughs> Might be true. <laughs> That's what Beyonce is spending her time doing. Hey, she All got right. me convinced. I'm hooked. <laughs> Whatever she tells me to do, I'm going to do. So. You're in it. I feel that, I feel that. (laughs) Conspiracy theory number two, the JFK assassination. The popularity of this theory stems from the assassination of President Kennedy in 1963 and the subsequent lack of clear, satisfying explanation for who was really behind it and if indeed there were multiple shooters. So that is conspiracy number two. I don't don't believe there's multiple shooters, but I do believe there's a lot more to that story than that was was ever shooters. But I do think it was one. I'm not even sure if it was Lee Harvey Oswald. Honestly. All right, let's get into conspiracy theory number three, the moon landing 
was faked. Hell yeah. <laughs> this theory claims in a rush to beat the Soviet Union to the moon, NASA and the American government hired Stanley Kubrick to fake the initial moon landing to give NASA more time to actually get to the moon. You didn't that, even have to finish that. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> all I'm all in. They don't even have the original tapes. I'm all in on that. Well, so. we got two more. We got you. We got to wait for the two more. In the wake of Eminem playfully joking at Diddy on his MGK diss track, conspiracy theory number four, Tupac faked his own death. Tupac yeah. Shakur, considered by many to be the best rapper of all time, was shot and injured, later would die seven days later, in a drive-by shooting on the Las Vegas Strip in 1996. But some believe that the rapper Rapper faked his own death to leave behind the crazed life of violence and deceit. And then the final conspiracy, conspiracy theory number five. Michael Jordan's first retirement was actually not a retirement, but a suspension for gambling. This popular theory claims that Michael Jordan, six-time NBA champion with the Chicago Bulls, first retirement in 1993 was not to follow his recently past father's dream of playing baseball, but instead to cover up his suspension for excessive gambling, even betting on his own team to win. All right, guys, so we have five conspiracy theories now. Let's start with the least believable and make our way up. What was the second one? The second one was uh, the JFK assassination. So we have the Illuminati, the JFK assassination, the fake moon landing, Tupac being alive, and Michael Jordan gambling. Which one do you want to do? I I, I definitely think the least believable is... The least believable one is the Illuminati one. Well, uh, mostly because Beyonce is a part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, The fact that... Beyonce is the part of it makes it the least but you know taking her out of it I wouldn't say that's the least I feel like they would have but at the same time I feel like they would have pulled the trigger if they really I, I mean for the longest time you had uh, no technology you could easily have control the whole world if you wanted to now with all this technology I feel like it would be exposed there's just so many hackers in the world someone will figure it out well let me throw this little fact in there for you guys there is some history behind the Illuminati meaning the Barbarian Illuminati which was an Enlightenment era secret society Society founded in 1776, whose goal was to oppose superstition, religious influence, and abuse of state power. So there was an actual Illuminati almost 250 years ago. Just throwing that fact mm. out there. I don't think it. I don't think it'd be worldwide though. I, I mean, to control the world. If, if you think about it, you to control know, the world, it, seven billion people. But like now, it's like it's almost like they're trying to control the world anyway. You can't. Seven well, you don't, you don't think that there's super powerful rich people that like are running government. They, oh, they I do believe that. Yeah, that that's Illuminati. That. That's, that's basically, basically. I mean, that's basically. That, that's the why. Idea that's why I wouldn't Illuminati. say that's the least. Like, I would say the JFK is the least because it's like two shooters. Like, okay, you're saying JFK is the least. Yeah, but that's it, what it wasn't two shooters. You believe it was two shooters? Oh, I don't believe it was two shooters. So but that, that's I, what makes but it the least. I do, but I do believe there's a lot more to that. Like, what are the odds Lee Harvey Hallsfall gets captured and then shot while being taken in? Well, I don't know. I don't know that whole story. I know who shot him, Jack but like, I don't know who shot him. But <laughs> I know who they accused. But it's like it when, when, he, when he explained he got, the story, it's like the theory is there's two shooters. So if you don't believe there's two shooters. And that makes it the least. Well, Styles, to back up your point, in a 2013 survey given out by The Atlantic, 51% of Americans, just over 160 million people, stated that they believed that there was a conspiracy behind the JFK assassination. I definitely believe there's a conspiracy behind it. I, I well, don't believe there's be? two shooters. I think it's just one shooter. Well, let me throw, this is, this is a popular theory that I kind of could get behind, is this is what it is. So the most believable theory that I've heard is a secret service agent in the car 
car behind Kennedy accidentally fired his rifle, killing Kennedy after Oswald fired two shots, thus creating the multiple bullet idea. So that's the conspiracy? That's 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 one. If there was a conspiracy, that's the one I would stand behind. Because that makes sense. Like, you're a secret service, your hand is on your gun, you hear two shots, and then accidentally shoot off a shot and kill Kennedy. So so the uh, Lee Harvey Oswald didn't kill him. It was the security guard. There was the secret service agent. Yes, that's him. that's that's the theory. Lee nah, Harvey Oswald hit him twice, but the killing shot was from the secret service agent. Nah, that's a reach. So if it's I a think reach, that means reach. that that has to be the least. Because <laughs> uh, all, all the conspiracy theories don't make sense. Not not all of them. Yeah. Some of them for, uh, for, for JFK, okay, like two shooters. That that's the main one. Like two. Shooters. I, I don't believe two shooters. Well, okay, <laughs> how about how about this? Would it be easier to go start from most? Let, let's start with first. most. Okay, yeah. let's let's start What's with most believable. Oh, uh, MJ. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe that's that. true. I, I definitely believe He has to. He has to make a decision, a decision on that one because I never heard of it. Okay, so, oh, like, so I can't say nothing about it. So what? So what it is that, is that Mike. Big. So you you know Michael had a yeah, huge he, gambling. Do problem. you know who Michael Jordan is? A fix. Nah, yeah. Yeah. he used to play I, for the Washington Wizards. I, I don't, I don't know who number twenty three <laughs> is. He once got forty at forty years old. I don't know who that is. You know. All right, Styles. He also got, he right, got Styles, explain it to him. So Michael had a huge gambling problem. You know, it was as bad as that he'd be up all night in Atlantic City the night before playoff games. Well, even like Jordan was called to testify in 1992 and admitted to a $57,000 payment for a gambling loss in a single weekend. Okay, then I'll, hearing that, I'll put that as the most believable. I, I mean, so. he was the greatest player of all time well, this before is, the retirement. This is what I think, Styles. This is what I think. I think that the NBA caught on to him betting on himself which obviously is weird. It's, I don't know, it's mm. in the gray area because you're not betting on other teams. You're not shaving points. He's betting on himself to mm. win because he's super competitive. But anyways, they found out about that and they're like, oh shit, this is kind of illegal. But Michael Jordan at the time was not only the face of basketball, he was the face, or not only the face of the NBA, he was the face of basketball. If you ask anyone across the world basketball, either Michael Jordan, LeBron James, or Kobe. So at that time, they're like, we kind of have to like protect his image. So they're like, let's just, pretend you take a retirement for a year or two and then come back after all the heat with the gambling is. Mm -hmm. And even, I don't know, Styles, if you know about this theory, but there's a theory that the reason Michael Jordan's dad was killed was because yep. of Michael Jordan's gambling problems with the mob. I, I don't I don't know about it. I I could totally see it. I don't know if I fully believe in that, but I definitely believe they that he was suspended. But the NBA knew if they suspended Michael Jordan, that would ruin them. Ruin them because no one would trust Michael again. He right. was, it's like the personal professional legacy conversation we were having. I mean, I'll I'll put that as the most Okay, so that. what's number four? What's below that one? Um well, we have the moon landing, we oh, have two See okay, number four. Give me because throw this out there. I can't moon I can't landing. remember I don't know what I was They watching, They lost the original tape. The only tape they have now is from another man in Australia recording it from a different camera rec uh, recording the original. What what I show. heard from it was, it, it was either uh, it was either or. I can't remember which one. But there was like, the flag was either moving or it wasn't moving. So like, if the flag was moving, it wasn't well, supposed I, okay, to move Okay, I heard about that one too. I heard about that one too. But like, they explained it by when they're putting it up, it was the movement of putting it up. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. You know, it's fake. I 
I just, I, my biggest issue is that we've only gone once. We've gone like nine times. Oh, really? I yeah. only know. <laughs> I about never knew that. Right. They went that like out. they went. <laughs> they went like a few months later for the next Apollo mission. So I think they've been nine times. And if I'm wrong, I'll I mean, maybe the end, but maybe the other eight times was real. But like the first one to be on the moon, I don't believe that. Yeah, I, 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 it's just too many things that's wrong with the picture and all these other theories that's coming up. They lost that, the tape. That I, I did not believe this theory until I found out. What do you out. mean they lost the tape? They do not have the original copy of the moon landing. It no, does not exist anymore. They deleted it. Really? At least that's that's what they said. Okay. The only copy they have is of another man recording the from a different camera the original tape. So the, the original tape no longer exists. They claimed it was, they recorded over it. How a billion dollar yeah. uh, organization, NASA, that can fund and has the greatest scientists in the world to go to space, but somehow could not realize the or first person to be on the moon they could there's no labeling you could well, well style, style. <laughs> this is like a, a fun fact people always throw out is like we have more technology in our phone than they did going to the moon so maybe they didn't have the technology so you didn't have the technology to label a tape first moon landing yeah, and not say. touch it you have I a sharpie I don't, I don't believe my parents that. still have their wedding on VHS but you can't keep track of the first moon landing we, we wasn't we wasn't the first ones to go there alright oh, I right. think we were I just don't think that that true. time, that time, we, we wasn't. All right, no. so what is number three? What's the neutral? It has to be real? the Tupac. Tupac. The Tupac. Because that, that was so. I could see that, it. That still well, let happened. Me, let me today. tell you why people think that he faked his own death. Uh, those who believe the theory claim Tupac, who had great respect for the art of war, not to be confused with the War of Art or the other book, by Nicola Machiavelli, Tupac mm-hmm. would later change his stage name to Machiavelli, uh, followed Machiavelli's idea of faking one's death to manipulate the enemy. Enemy. Mm-hmm. So some people maybe think, oh, the name change, he wants to get away from the violence with Suge and Diddy, all that stuff. So that's why people maybe think that way. I believed it too, but I think the theory was like seven, like it was, it was, it had something to do with a whole bunch of sevens, right? Yeah, because like, it took I, I him, him seven, seven days. days. It took him seven days to die once he got to the hospital. Yeah. And there was like, at that time I was like, okay, a couple of people was like, all right, he's fighting the case. So like if he goes away for like seven years, then, you know, he can't go to jail for that case or something like that. And I was like, if he comes back after seven years of initially going away, then I'll believe it. He has no reason to come back, though. But it's like, why Like, why would you just leave all this money behind, you know, all this fame, fortune, blase, blase? I mean, like, I, a lot he, of, like, people who are famous and rich hate it. Mm-hmm. And plus, I mean, he was attacked. How, how what was... Uh, he got shot. Yeah. He got shot in going up to, like, a party or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With going going to the studio. But it's like... I wouldn't I be know. a part I, of I don't think... Well, you have the money to get away, too. There's I something, there's there's some things that, that yeah, make sense. Just, Leave. How he faked it, like uh, I think they said, like nobody seen the, the dead body or something like that. Yeah, whatever. only his mom has seen his dead body. Okay, that's, and I could totally see his reason. mom going all in on. Yeah, of course, him. I could totally yeah. see that. Rest in peace, by the way, to uh, to his mom. But he uh, died a couple years ago, I don't know. Like at the beginning, I was like, okay, yeah, he's faking his death. But then it's like now it's just getting nonsense. It just is a bit. Yeah, all right, like, well we. Got I, th- I guess I grew to not care. Okay, we got three down. We have JFK and we have the Illuminati. What is the least believable? Between those be two, JFK, I can't believe JFK I can't buy have him. to be least. Like Illuminati is like I don't know if it's the actual Illuminati, but it's like there, there's rich people that's in higher. Power. Okay, actually, I am gonna agree with you because I do 
very much believe in like Rosenthal and um, Rockefeller and them really controlling everything oh, Rock- that Rockefeller goes. was uh, it was a demon, bro. Well, even like in <laughs> Europe with like I know like it recently came out. Even let's even go to Hollywood in the like the Me Too movement. Like there's obviously powerful people who are taking advantage of their power. So mm-hmm. why can't there be a group? I feel like there's a group, but to throw like the Illuminati, to, control the whole to, throw, world? to throw black people in there because what Kendrick say last time he checked, Illuminati was the biggest racist party. So it's like <laughs> you know all this Beyonce and Jay Z talk. You know it's getting out of hand. There was but, talks but, about Michael Jackson. But who who do you think has the most power to connect to black people? Beyonce. Beyonce. Jay-Z. End of discussion. Move. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> And then sometimes, you know, they, I feel like they feed into it. Beyonce and Jay-Z. I can see LeBron being a part of it too, honestly. I mean, he's, he's, he's arguably the most Put me on the record the for this. LeBron James has something going on with Beyonce. Either once or twice, maybe three times. I've, I've seen the I've seen the photos of Beyonce yeah. checking him out. I don't care what nobody say. Y'all can sit here and say nah. Beyonce is I the get, most faithful This is what person. I think. This is, so we'll finish up that segment. But this is what I think just real quick on the Beyonce, Jay-Z situation. I guarantee they're in an open relationship. Oh, it has yeah. To be. Yeah, I can tell you. Believe that. Ain't no black woman's gonna sit here and get cheated on so many times. Yeah. And make a whole album about it. Multiple apples, matter of fact. I, yeah. And I just, then just stay. I just think like, it went public. They're trying to keep it a private, but it went public and she had to respond like they were married. And if it, LeBron is sleeping with anyone, it's Rihanna. Rihanna He's loves with LeBron James. Every 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 girl loves LeBron. Well, I mean Rihanna's a fan. Every guy girl. loves Rihanna. Hey Rihanna. Yeah, Rihanna, if you're <laughs> She's listening. She's a listener to, to the show, so uh, Rihanna, if you're listening, slide in my DMs. Don't tell my wife. All right, guys. Well, that's how you play Illuminati confirmed. More like Illuminati swerved. Join us next week as we find out if Geraldo Rivera secretly dug a tunnel into Capone's vault to steal all this treasure to keep for himself. All right, guys. I would like to welcome the Real Is Back music to today's episode of Water Cooler Talk. Uh, the Real Is Back music is made up of styles and fix one can say arguably the most outspoken group in minnesota to bless a microphone swerve swerve fix you are a recent father styles you are recently married who's living the better life right now i ain't got no kids so it's definitely he's living the better life (laughs) he ain't gotta stay up late at night you see what i'm saying you know he ain't gotta schedule his schedule around a kid i mean no like that's not taking away fatherhood i love fatherhood but it's like cam you gotta go to sleep just let me rest (laughs) if i want to go out and get drunk on a Saturday night. I only got to talk to my wife. That's it. I don't have to find a babysitter. I got to do nothing. Styles, is there plans for a family coming soon? Uh, yes, I'll answer that. Not soon. Not soon. I do. I do want kids one day. That day is not today. I don't got no money for kids. <laughs> And I also am not, I don't have the patience quite yet. I'm sure I know I'll get there, but that day is not today. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Getting to your guys' music. The one thing I really enjoy the most about you guys and your music is your commitment to not just be a group that makes real music uh, based off of your name, but a group that's looking to not just be a voice in the community, but be an impactful voice that is like really determined to spread positivity. Like, can you guys go into a little bit about how you're doing that? Well, obviously. You know, with the lyrics that we write and the image that we try to keep, I think that's like the obvious way that we're trying to be impactful. To me, I think the best way to explain, like I've been, I've been writing since I was 13 years old, and I originally started as a Christian hip hop artist. And so my first, I mean, I list, I listen to hip hop music all the time before I even started writing. So, but my first time writing, it was about spreading the word of God. Once I 
uh, graduated high school and went away for college, uh, I met a couple of guys down in Des Moines and they were teaching me all about that. Their main focus is just spreading positivity. And it, that that kind of just hit me. I was like, wait, wait, hip hop music spreading positivity? Because to me, it was always gangster music or Christian music. I didn't I didn't even think there really was much of a middle. And I know and I know there's a couple there in the middle. But, you know, like like Nas is one of my favorite but you know he talked about stuff going on in the streets of new york so but when i when i turned 19 i first you know got a hint of being able to spread positivity throughout music kind of changed my image of hip-hop completely so that's what my main focus is i don't, I don't care if i make any money i just want to spread positivity throughout the community because i think that just makes the world so much better and I, then i met you what was that 2015 and i realized uh he's he's aiming for the same goal he, he wanted to spread positivity so we kind of came together and said all right you know two voices are better than one and we created one voice the real back music and now we're gonna come into your house hide your kids hide your wife <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna knock on the door first we're not gonna yeah it's gonna be house. it's gonna be very polite yeah, yeah. <laughs> and cook dinner please <laughs> all right well before we move on to our second news story give me your guys's mount rushmore of artists go first go ahead and go first. all right uh we always argue wait 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 hip-hop artists or artists in general just artists in general artists. that have like, oh, okay. kind of that's influence different. just kind of influenced your guys' music specifically. Uh, oh, okay. All right, so uh, I'm going to start with like what influenced me. Obviously, Michael Jackson as an artist. Shout out to Gambino. Jazz made it because like his creativity now is pretty dope. Uh, yeah, he influences me just as a creator. Mm, yeah. So shout out to Gambino. J. Cole will probably be number one because you know I relate to him more and I listen to him the most. Nas fourth and then fifth that's a toss up I would say like Kanye West or something just because he's an ass like, <laughs> we act the same so he has to be on there I Styles just, what about you I just want to make it very clear these are not my five favorite artists these are not my five who I think the five greatest artists are these are the five biggest influences I would say uh, had in my music number one is 100% Kanye West Kanye West's producing more influenced me just because his his beats especially old Kanye really are beats like I really like yeah graduation college dropout those are the kind of beats I really like plus I I love I you know some people hate this but I love how confident he is I just love that he believes he is the greatest artist of all time and I love that he believes that I much rather use God like, <laughs> I don't have a problem with that either. You can't, you can't, you can't argue with that. Like if he he, he has a song called "I Am God," like featuring on, God, man. featuring God. <laughs> God came down and did a feature with come Kanye on. West. Elon Musk is inspired by Kanye West. Like, come on, like I I love I love me some Kanye West. Uh, number number two, I have to say Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar will be my biggest one on impact. Um, when I first heard Section Eighty, I was like, okay, like this dude's from Compton. Like <laughs> I've never heard no one from Compton talk like this. You know, talk about stuff going on in the black community you know things we could do to get better problems that we have uh, i had never heard that before so kendrick lamar really opened my eyes on uh making an impact on the community childish gambino is definitely up there just because childish gambino made me realize you can be goofy in hip-hop uh anyone that listened to camp knows how goofy well, anyone who knew him before he was even childish gambino just as donald glover the stand-up comic or the actor knows how goofy his characters always are and so now hearing that in hip-hop i was i'm a i have a goofy person 
personality to know that I could make lines like, like Childish Gambino once said, "You a fake fuck like a flashlight." Like that, <laughs> like that is so funny to me. Who would say that? <laughs> Childish Gambino. Number four, he's probably gonna hate on me for this one. It's gotta be Lil Wayne because Lil Wayne to me is metaphor guy. I, mean, I can't, I can't hate if it's personal. So. Lil Wayne is metaphor. There is just like every time I hear a Lil Wayne song, there's a new metaphor I get. I could have listened to the song a hundred times. I listened to it again. I was like. Oh, that's funny. I now get it. I was listening to Six Foot, Seven Foot the other day. And um, he, the, the line was, I finished that sentence like a subject in a predicate. I was like, wait, wait. <laughs> I had to run it back. I had no idea. I totally <laughs> missed it. And number five, I'm going to be honest. To be clear, I didn't. I do not listen to this artist's music a lot, but his impact on a city is why I look up to him. I care more about the stuff he did personally. It's got to be Prince. Prince put Minneapolis on. Prince put many and and you know I love me I personally I think Michael is the better has better music MJ's the great but Prince is the better artist man MJ's he, the great like Michael didn't even write his own music MJ's the great Michael didn't play instruments Michael's a better dancer but Prince did all that and put Minneapolis on the Matt all Prince right, rounds right. up my top. Those five. are solid. Those are solid. Mount Rushmore's real quick. Least favorite artist, just one. Drake. I should. I have. I, I, I should say. I have a long story. Hold on. Male wise. All right, go for it. We got time. Okay. Male. Uh, my least favorite male artist is Drake. Least hair. favorite female is Nicki Minaj. You just hate Young Money. That's why. Cause you don't like Lil Wayne either. No, I like Lil Wayne, but Drake is like he's dope. Don't get me wrong. You know, when he came out, I was listening to Ransom and all this other stuff. I didn't know much about him. You know, the grassy and all this other stuff. I didn't know none of that. But he came out with Ransom with Lil Wayne. I mean, Lil Wayne. He was dope. And then he started singing, and I was like, all right, I'm not with all this R&B stuff. Like, you're a pop rapper. Stick to pop. He can't rap for nothing, but he's a good pop artist. He's not the best rapper. He's not a top five rapper. He's barely top ten if you think about everybody. Because he likes skin. Partial reason is because he's light skinned. <laughs> well, this may be a bit controversial, but I think it's like coming from as a white guy, it's like a, a soft introduction to the hip hop world. I Kinda. think that's why Drake yeah. is so popular he, in a international he's aspect. He's popular to me because he does pop. Yeah. If he stick to just hip hop, he's not making that big of an impact mm-hmm. because he's just not that nice. Well, yeah, it and it's, it's a good introduction where you get like someone like Kendrick or J. Cole, where it's yeah. just like straight lyricisms. He's not, I don't want to say he's not lyrical, but he tells a story, but that doesn't mean that you're lyrical. And that's what I look for in music. So okay. that's why I don't like him. I'll listen to his music, obviously, but when it comes to like, oh, Drake's the GOAT, nah. He got. Okay. He has a long way. Numbers and don't lie. Styles, what about you? That's the worst lie. number one worst <laughs> artist. See, I try to show at least some kind of respect to all artists because I know how hard it is and I know how hard they work on their craft. But I mean, you're secretly it, pointing a fix right now. Is that no, no. <laughs> just kidding? Just kidding. And I mean, I, part of me wants to say an artist from today, but I, I, I just can't hate on their grind. I, so I'm gonna have to go with Future. I, I can't stand Future, man. I, I hate. I, I feel like he's he's like a big contributor to mumble rap. And I mean, like, okay, you're saying Future now that we got into like the mumble rap. You're saying Future over like some of the little rappers because yeah, they the, just the little them. rappers is like um I want to say they didn't they haven't done much for me to hate on them. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. So kind like Future is more yeah. of like a Future's idol. been here for them. a yeah, while yeah. like mm-hmm. he's been doing this for years he's not like a little yachty who just came out of here and then you think he's going to be gone next year future being here for a while he's been rapping about the same mumble lean stuff forever also <laughs> one note uh i just don't like his music i respect his grind 
you know, I can't hate, um, I can't hate on for where he is. He, he made it this way, but personally, I just can't listen to that music. But can, can I suggest a quick question? Yeah, go for it. Who do you think is the most underrated artist of all time? All time? Underrated, yep. Kill Me For This, Eminem. Because he's not underrated. He He's underrated. No, he's not. Because nobody, I never met, let's say you got me and five other people in the room. Me and two other people is going to be like, okay, he's the best rapper ever. The other two, along with probably majority of America or the world at that matter, is not going to have Eminem as number one artist. But yeah, they will. No. They're yeah, always going to say Tupac and Biggie. I guarantee he's in the top five. He's Easily. in the top five, but most people will say Tupac and Biggie, and I hate that. To answer your question, I think J. Cole. I don't think people give him enough but respect. I, I was going to say J. Cole, but he said ever. You know, now, in this era, J. Cole, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. But ever, it, it just has to be Eminem, because he's been overshadowed by what Tupac and Biggie brought, overshadowed by their death, and then overshadowed by Nas. I don't think many bit. I don't think many people would say Tupac and Biggie anymore, though. I get, I mean, usually when you hear, like, a Mount Rushmore, Biggie and Tupac for, are in there. But for no reason. But I don't know why. I'll put him there, but I... <laughs> see, I wouldn't put him there. I, was, I actually had this thought about my Mount Rushmore, and I, I decided to put artists together like I'll put Tupac and Biggie together as one just because the impact they had on the 90s but I you, you can't deny that though I understand the impact you know when you talk about Mount Rushmore and, and who's the best rapper you gotta look at impact but their impact wasn't positive it was their impact was negative pretty much and that's I feel a, like they died that's a good point, that's a good point. Yeah. like because they died that's what made them bigger because let's be honest Tupac was lyrical Biggie he was trash I don't care what nobody say. Like, but, Biggie didn't, he didn't hit home I'm not home a fan of Biggie, so I agree. Yeah, so he I'm, didn't hit home for me. Tupac had, you know, he'll rap about guns, then he'll do poetry, he'll rap about his mom, you know, all this other stuff. Biggie was just a one-trick pony, all drugs, you know. Uh, he's the only artist I know who cheated on his girl and then had her begging for one more chance. <laughs> the impact on that is just trash. I'm I'm, I'm going to let you know, there are phone lines, there are probably be a bunch of 90s heads calling in. I'm ready for it because I was born in 91 so like you know i i know these things pretty pretty well but if, if we're talking about underrated now it has to be j cole and you can't argue with that yeah no, i think underrated. that's fair he's underrated nobody I I, nobody I, gives him props i, I would say unappreciated he, i want to say same difference though. same difference because like you said numbers don't lie numbers what? don't lie well i think he has like a good parallel to kendrick i think they have like a similar kind of style i wish they kendrick kind of took off kendrick took j. off because he's from i, I want to say because he grew he's up in Compton. Compton. Yeah. that's why he where's took j cole off. from North, North Carolina. Carolina. Okay. So, you know, he grew up in North Carolina, went to New York. Of course, you know, the two biggest uh, places in hip hop is East either California West, yeah. or New York. So it's like J. Cole grew up and he blew up by himself, technically. And then he got signed to uh, J. Cole. Kendrick, on the other hand, it's like he's from Compton. And then he's giving you he something got, yeah, that got Compton LA rappers connection. don't give you. Like, So it's like, of course, that. his path to the top is a little bit easier. All, All right. right. So to answer the question, and I, I know... I don't, I don't think you agree with me on this. It's got to be Chance the Rapper to me. Chance, only only really? reason Chance does not get any recognition is because the fir- his first two great projects, he couldn't call them albums because he, he didn't want people to pay for Chance it. Chance is low-key. I think yeah. Chance is in the Drake category. He's really? more of a pop. He, I wouldn't I even call called that 10 pop. Day or Acid I, Rap I'll say, pop albums. I want to say he's overrated, but not too much because Acid Rap, it was like a whole bunch of mumbling and screaming. Like random noises. That is and like, I don't well, like I think, it. okay, this, you guys watch the show Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. So there's the, I okay, I, well, Styles, you know that there's the, in the second season, there's the other rapper who does like a Yahoo or Woohoo commercials. Yep. That's, I mean, Donald Glover based that character off of Chance. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's kind of how I see Chance. He's more like a commercial rapper. I would say that. Like kind he's of not, took the big payday. 
Uh, I mean, not the big payday, book, but he took the kind I, of. I I could totally see why people. He's a say great guy, by the way. But who see yeah. coloring book as being overrated? I can overrated. I can I I don't think it's overrated, but I can get I understand why people believe it. But but ten day and acid rap. I didn't. Those are legend. When, when those acid are legendary. Came out, I didn't play it because too many those people on it. But if Chance the <laughs> Rapper can rap like he did on Ultra Light Bean, then he will be in my top five. But he can. You should, All right. Like he rap like exactly. Ultra he can't Bean. because he's not that great that makes him overrated i wanted to touch bases you say numbers don't lie until we're talking about michael jordan and j cole that's when that's when numbers do lie because people say numbers don't lie but then with j cole and michael jordan they like oh well let's just put the numbers to the side you know he's not he's not that great see what i'm saying like j cole broke records that nobody has j cole don't have a grammy though see <laughs> numbers don't <laughs> I'm just lie saying. Until you, all right it, all right <laughs> we, could, we could go on for hours we gotta get to some controversial yeah. news stories are you guys ready to get back to the news stories let's get it all right guys so this is story number two. California man who stuck dates with checks faces years in prison. This is from CNN US. Paul Guadalupe Gonzalez, 45, or otherwise known as the Dine and Dash Dater, is now facing 11 counts of extortion and two counts of attempted extortion for allegedly luring women to nice restaurants and sticking his victims with the bill after vanishing once the meal was done. One victim only known by Jane told CNN, It was humiliating. I was frustrated. It just left me in a bad place. Jane ended up having to write a $218 check after Paul walked out on the bill. Jane recalled how the two had met on the popular dating site Bumble and had mentioned Paul was charming and had asked to meet at Houston's restaurant in Pasadena where he ordered drinks and the most expensive item on the menu, which is a steak for $48. Earlier in the night, Paul had mentioned to Jane that he would be needing to make a phone call later in the night to check on his aunt who was hospitalized. After finishing the meal, Paul left to make the call and never came <laughs> back. Jane exclaimed, he left after most of the food was gone. I've never seen anybody eat so fast. What was he, what was benefiting from it really? Is that all you want? A free meal? Paul is accused of repeating a similar ruse throughout the Los Angeles area with other women he meets on popular dating apps. On one occasion, the restaurant chose to pick up the tab of Paul's victim. So they have a nice gratuity there. Uh, before we finish the rest of the story, I want to ask you this. If the genders were reversed, would this be the same story? No. Why? Not at all. Styles, tell me why. I've actually read, like, on Facebook and Twitter of women that do this. They will accept dates just for the free food. So now he knows, well, no one's ever going to ask me (laughs) as a guy. I'm just going to do it this way. I just... uh. <laughs> Wait, are you are you saying that what he did wasn't wrong? Oh no, it totally was okay. wrong. But I just feel like it wouldn't be a story if it was a woman. Don't don't get his words mixed up, ladies. Uh, the real is bad music. We love all women. You know, we're we're two feminist people. Know, uh, <laughs> we love y'all. <laughs> well, he's word, don't take his words in in the wrong way. Put it that way. But with me, it is kind of a double standard thing. Cause like if female done it, her girlfriends would have been like, "Oh, you go, girl." Like you know, I would have. Well, done yeah, that. I've I've seen like multiple stories on the internet where like women like brag about doing yeah, it mm-hmm. but, but like, I think this is I think I want to make this very clear I think what Paul did he was that, such a douchebag move yeah but I think total what, asshole yeah what total I think asshole. what makes a difference is if you're going out on a date and it's like 
five, 10, 20 bucks for dinner. That's completely different from ordering the most, going like telling someone you want to go to the most expensive restaurant, ordering the most expensive things, drinks, and then leaving. It would be a different case if they were going <laughs> to like McDonald's and he left her with the bill, but. If it was like McDonald's, I would be more mad if a girl leave me with the bill at McDonald's <laughs> because it's like, you're that broke that you can't pay less than $20 at McDonald's. Like, I'll be mad at that versus like a $100 bill at like Benny Hanna's or something. And then you get up and leave. I would do the same thing too. It's $100. Like, I ain't got $100 to be given. But it's like $15 at McDonald's. You can't pay that? Yeah, I'll be more mad at that. I can't say the the story will be different if it's a female. Well, and I think one of the bigger things, and this I definitely believe is rapidly changing, but as a man, you're always expected to pay. I Mm -hmm. think that's like a common stigma. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. I I think that's changing though. I don't 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 believe it's changing. But I think for the longest time, going back 20, 30, 50, yeah. mm-hmm. 60 years, it was always the man's responsibility to pay the bill. I mean, I feel like it's a, if there was in a, uh, if you're in a relationship, then it's a tit for tat. Like, you know, one time you pay it, next time I pay it. But with him, he might not admit, but he wasn't loved as a child. You know, to do <laughs> that, like you, you got hurt by multiple females. Are you well, just an asshole? Yeah, I mean that too. But like, I really feel like he did that to retaliate. Like, cause we was talking about this in the car actually, and it's like some girl broke his heart. Now he's out to just do every female wrong. Now all y'all females getting. Yep, this. and you know females do it too. You know, hold their pads above uh, another guy's head. But I don't know. Like, well, f- fix if he was here, if Paul Guadalupe Gonzalez was here right now with us, mm-hmm. what would you? What advice would you give him? Just. Don't do it no more. You might run into that one wrong female. She might just yeah. She might pull up on you. Yeah, <laughs> you know. You might date Cardi B once. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, kudos to you for like you know getting away with it. Like at that moment, because I think uh, in the article he got arrested or something, right? Like yeah. So how it kind of ended was well, this was the interesting thing. Paul wasn't only accused of dining and dashing, but also dying and dashing on two separate occasions while getting his hair colored. Paul skipped out on the bill, even leaving one salon while still wearing the towel around his neck. Paul, who is currently in jail for a third die and dash incident, has a bail set at 315000 and could be convicted up to 16 years and 10 months in a county prison. <laughs> that's okay. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Well, that's why I also want to ask you, do you guys think the crime fits the punishment? No, no. I, I think that's, I think it's maybe a case of like the judge trying to be like, I'm going to set an example on this I, guy. I wouldn't say the year, uh, the amount of years fit, but like the bail. Yeah. You think 315 is? Is a good, but I have no they, idea they, prob- they probably added, work, so. they probably added everything up, you know. But so, what, what, now, what now punishment would you give? I don't know, like, it's hard to say, but like, everything now is like making sense. It's like, now you're just being an asshole, like, you're getting your hair dyed and then you run out. That, that's pretty stupid. If it was just the dinner thing, okay, you know, I can I can be understanding with that, but dude, like, you're getting your hair dyed that's multiple like, times and then you're most, running out. Send them to the workhouse offense. Is that what would you give them as a punishment? <laughs> I send them to a workhouse for like a month. Like, that's not going. Not that like, seems like it, more that, like a community service and a yeah. fine. Is kind of I'm not seeing ten years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, ten years is outrageous. There's you people know. who keep, keep like defined, sexually assault someone and get like two weeks. There's yeah. people who not dry, two weeks, like two who years. Got sorry. DUIs. Who yeah, I mean, I I keep the fine. Where's that? You know, the prison years. Nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. That's too much. <laughs> was he was he fined? Doesn't say if he was fined. Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, bail. I do fine. Community His bail was yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like keep keep the bail where is that? And I put him on probation. Yeah, I, I wouldn't give him that many years in jail for like dining and dashing and dying. I and could dashing. easily see him if 
once I I think he's probably going to go to jail for under a year. I I could easily see him as soon as he getting out doing it again. Yeah, yeah. easy. Yeah, but he if seems remember, just like I the guy that. from like I would expect. Like, All right, I'll do the time when I get back out. I'm gonna get y'all again. Exactly. So <laughs> the years is kind of pointless, but keep the bail where is that? Put him on probation. All right. So both of you guys have significant others. For the single men and women out there in the world, what advice does the Reels Back Music have to give to avoid bad dates? Communicate. Please have conversation before you go out. Don't just say, oh, you look cute. Let's go out. Talk to them first. Because, you you know, they could be a total asshole. You know, you could find out that all they do is like to talk about themselves. Or all they like to do is, I don't know, talk about their mama. Like, you, you have a conversation first because if you just go based off looks, you have it, a higher, it's kinda, it's kinda higher disappointment. Yeah. It's awkward and embarrassing. You go out on a date with nothing to talk about. Well, I think the it. hardest thing for online dating is people aren't, and it even goes into social media, people aren't like their real selves. Mm-hmm. So I could easily fake that I'm a g- good guy. I am a good guy, but <laughs> don't want to throw off any of my Tinder matches. <laughs> but it's, it's very easy to fake that you're a good guy and to Especially get to online. that first date. Yeah. And then it's like, oh shit, now the this guy met as a total creep or this girl is a total creep. So it's like, I definitely like that trying to communicate, but it is a little bit more difficult with online dating where people can be a little more fake. I mean, that's why before your first date, you go on like, go to the lake or something. Like meet up. Go don't to go, don't, the don't, lake? Yeah. yeah like, like, don't, just like a lake. Not, on not, a, not cat, a lake, like, but like in the woods. No, like, you know, go somewhere public hey, where you're not woods. spending money. So like you can get to know this person without spending anything at all. What's the best first date? Uh, spending money wise? No, no, no. Or just just, in, just general. in general with your guys' significant other. What was like maybe not your first date, but what was the like your ideal first date? I would have to say just the original movie and dinner. Or really go in the yeah yeah go to the movies first and then a dinner. Okay, so that gives way, you something to talk about. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. So go see a movie, make sure it's something that she wants to see, and then you go to a dinner after you have something to talk Wait, about. Boom. So you take her to a movie you actually she actually wants to see. I would take her to one she doesn't want to see. I, I, I because because if why, that's the case, I don't like, want to watch not paying the movie. Attention. Yeah, you don't want her. No, nah, see, I don't want to do too much. It's <laughs> just the first day. You're yeah. trying to you're trying yeah, to you, you find know, out she's you're taking her. Yeah, you you're taking her to the movies to fill her out, not physically fill her out I mean, why not both <laughs> because you don't want to push I mean if she's like that go for it you know kudos to you if that's yeah. the case movie's not gonna be the first date then what would be the first date first date Ice well cream. I I probably do. I probably do dinner, but I probably do something like Applebee's. I wouldn't do. Whoa, 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 whoa! Applebee's. No, there's nothing wrong with Applebee's. Well, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, on the first date because you don't want to first date Applebee's. Never go to Applebee's. I made this to my listeners right now. If you want (laughs) food poisoning, go to Applebee's. Well, he just messed up his Applebee's sponsors. All right, how about Fridays? (laughs) Fridays is good. Not Applebee's. Yeah, I'll take no one. No no matter where you go, for for the guy. Okay, okay, wait, wait. I wanna, I wanna make clear the air here. Mm-hmm. Only go to Applebee's for the half price apps. That's yeah, it. I like the two for twenty type. Thing. Adam is very against Applebee's. I'm very against. That. Those are the two things I'm against: Applebee's and reserved seating at theaters. <laughs> I don't know why you reserve seating at theaters. I mean, I do Just it sometimes, but like, even if I reserve my seat, I still seat. choose a different seat. So it's like, it doesn't matter. No but, matter where you say you're seeing yeah. the movie, the exact no, same no way. matter where you're going <laughs> for dinner, don't try to impress. Okay, like don't, don't try to like there. flex on that. Hey, I can go to a nice restaurant and exactly pay good money. because then you're gonna be sitting there 
checking your uh, checking your car balance the whole time. You know, just <laughs> there's an know, episode of Atlanta. About yeah, that, like actually. that where he's like, "Hey man, can I check?" Yeah, that? it's <laughs> like like, well, can I have this? And you're like, "Yeah, go ahead. You know, get whatever you want." But then underneath the table, you know, you're checking your balance on your phone, and like, you know, you're over there cringing because she just ordered like a twenty seven dollar water with lemon plus an appetizer plus an appetizer. And That's it's like you let her order. First. Yeah, it's like you had a game plan coming in. It was like no appetizer. We're just gonna get straight to the meal. The refills is free. Boom. And then you just go in there. You trying to flex. It's like, yeah, you can get an appetizer dessert. You're just trying to fill up on that free bread. Exactly. (laughs) So it's like, don't do too much. Like, don't go to Red Lobster. You know, that's... What you got against Red Lobster? If you're on a budget, you don't want to go to Red Lobster. Trust me. I just be like, hey, don't get that. (laughs) I can't be that honest on the first date. So, I don't know. First date, it has to be a budget. Like, you have to give yourself room to increase. Because if you go to Red Lobster on the first date... That's a good point. Next time, you got to go to something more bigger. My idea was... Yeah, always start at McDonald's and it's getting better. (laughs) Always. If she don't eat McDonald's, cook. Yeah. First off, yeah, if she doesn't like McDonald's, if she's too good for McDonald's, you don't want to be dating that. Exactly. Because low-key by herself she goes to mcdonald's you know she orders the most sloppiest burger on the on the menu she's just trying to put up a front because you're with her you know i always say go cheap or just cook that's oh cooking's a good one because you can show off that you cook it's yeah like, but at the same time how comfortable will she be showing up to your house don't have to be at her house you just go uh, i'm just saying like on a first date would you want to go to someone's house you it depends on, on first date? it depends on how old you are well I, and that's I the thing it's ever. like we're not women so we have no yeah, idea that exactly. feeling but to me it's like if a girl came over for first date i would be fine i mean it, it depends on but what I kind under- of guy you are yeah i would understand if like a girl was like maybe not the first i, date. I wouldn't i wouldn't want a woman on the first date to come to my house i wouldn't want because the case was she's crazy like that's true. now she knows that's, where you yeah, live yeah that's true true so i'd rather much i'm much you gotta you gotta you gotta have that's that why you trust. need a fake house mm-hmm. just to take oh, your women like, hey, Air, was, airbnb it's like, like, hey can i use your house real quick you know i actually had a friend one time because i made a suggestion to him like just get because he wanted to go out with this girl but he still lived at home so i said you should just rent airbnb for the day it was like 79 bucks i was like is it worth it <laughs> I don't think he did. Just it wasn't worth it. Get down to the bottom line. Just give yourself room to improve. Don't, Fair enough. Don't go all the way out the first date, and then you got to double that the second date. You don't want to do that. If a woman's a messy eater, is that, that about you? Nope. Eat up, baby. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> all right, that is love advice from the real is back music. <laughs> snap, snap. All right, guys, into our final story of the day. Are you ready to get controversial as shit? Let's do it. Politicians attack nine-year-old for not standing during anthem. This is from CNN World Australia because the situation happened in Australia. A nine-year-old Australian girl, Harper, who refused to stand during the country's national anthem out of respect for the nation's indigenous population, has been attacked by prominent Australian politicians who have called for her to be kicked out of the school. Harper told CNN that she made the decision to stand during her country's national anthem because she believed it was disrespectful to the indigenous Australians who make up 2% of the total population but have been in the country for over for 50,000 years before the first British settlement in the late 18th century arrived. Controversial right-wing Senator Pauline Hansen said Australian schools were brainwashing children and called for Harper to be taken out of school. And this is what she said on social media. And I am playing this clip in its full entirety. I'm not taking any pieces out. This is what Pauline Hansen had to say about Harper a night. Oh, this is CNN. Calm down. All right. This is Pauline Hansen. This is directly from her Twitter. This is what she posts on Twitter. Well, this morning I put up a post about a nine-year-old who won't stand for the national anthem. Well, the school is saying, okay, well, you don't have to be there. You can leave the hall. But no, she's determined to actually stay there because she wants to make a point. And because 
Her parents are right behind her. She's proud of her, good on her for standing her ground on this thing. But the whole fact is, there are rules in this country. I remember going to school and we actually had the national anthem raise the flag and it was, it's about who we are as a nation. It's part of us, who we are. And she says, well, it's not including Aboriginals. They were here 50,000 years ago. It's not, um, and we're not young and free. What about the Aboriginals? It, it's not about that. You know, I've been fighting for 22 years for equality for everyone, to be inclusive. Here we have a division that's happening. Here we have a kid is being brainwashed. And I tell you what, I'd give her a kick up the backside. I've got problems with standing your ground, and, and you know I do. But we're talking about a child who has no idea of what is history, what is happening, what we should do and what we need to do to, to pull everyone together, regardless of your cultural background. We are all Australians. This is divisive. And I don't know what the other kids around her are thinking. But where is it coming from? I'm hearing from too many people that feel our kids are being brainwashed in our educational system, this transgender sex stuff, this safe schools problem of this divisiveness now that there's the Aboriginals, it's them and us. What the hell is going on? I'm angry about this. I'm proud of the Australian flag. I'm proud of the fact of, you know, the national anthem, as everyone should be. And so was Cathy Freeman. We were all proud of her. You know, her cultural background, the Aboriginality, and the whole fact she carried the two flags. She stood at the podium with the national anthem being played. Have they told this kid that? Has she spoken to these people? What about Warren Mundine? I've got a lot of time for Warren Mundine. There's great, you know, people of, of different cultural backgrounds, Aboriginality. They want to see inclusiveness, but this kid is headed down the wrong path, and I blame her parents for it, for encouraging this. No, take her out of the school. All right, so that was Pauline... Let me get her name right. That was uh, Senator Hansen stated that was entirety what she stated on her Twitter. Before I get your guys' reaction, I want to say the other two people who said something. Former Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott told radio station 2GB, It's just a sign of good manners and courtesy to stand for the national anthem. Abbott, who was the previous Prime Minister, was appointed Special Envoy of Indigenous Affairs in August. Uh, an envoy is a representative specifically for a diplomat mission. And then finally, Jared Belige, I hope I'm saying his name right. Actually, I don't because he said some pretty hateful stuff. Queensland liberal national politician stated, shame on her parents for using her as a political pawn. Stop the silly protests and stand and sing proudly for your national anthem. Refusing to stand disrespects our country and our veterans. Suspension should follow if she continues to act like a brat. Guys, what are your thoughts? So my first question is, was she wearing any Nike? Because if she was, <laughs> she needs to spend life in prison I'm, I'm just saying if she if she's if she's doing this and wearing nike like lock her up throw away the key definitely yeah. well this actually before we go too deep into this i want to ask you guys this question do you think uh, a multiple of the people who commented this said she was a speaking piece for her parents do you think age plays a factor in political ideology first of all who's i mean i, I understand i know Kids are getting younger and younger and smart. Uh, no, they're not getting younger and younger. Uh, I know <laughs> they're just getting kids, younger and younger. Kids Maybe are, you shouldn't have kids. <laughs> kids are getting smarter at younger ages. I understand that, but I mean, who is going? Who out here is like going to be offended by what a nine-year-old says? <laughs> they're nine years old. Just let. I mean, I, I know she. I, I don't know whether or not the parents 
influenced her to stand this ground, but she's nine. Nine. I mean, I've heard nine year olds say crazier things than that. <laughs> age doesn't really matter because, like, she could be nine and still, you know, read up on her history. You know, it could be the parents. Well, yeah, I know some smart as hell, like yeah, exactly. seven year olds. Like, it, it could be the parents, you know, influencing it. And then on the other hand, it could be her just knowing what she wants to believe in. Like, you ain't got to be a certain age to believe in something. That's I mean, do they believe this nine year old is going to create a militia? And like turn against the government. Obviously, they believe that because they talking about a kick up her backside and stuff. Like I mean, this. this is hard. I thought Colin Kaepernick got some nasty stuff, but at least he's a grown man. Yeah. <laughs> this girl, this little girl is nine. Well, yeah, that's what's like. Politicians are calling this girl a brat, and they would kick her. And I know, I I totally understand. We have a pretty big Australian base for our listeners, and maybe they can send us some emails and tell us what they think about this. But I know, like the just way of living is very different in Australia so maybe that's common to them but here in the US that seems just totally out of line for us I'm gonna tell y'all like this for the Australian listeners if y'all don't know what's going on in America we're going through the same situation with Colin Kaepernick but he's not a nine year old he's I don't know how old he is but he's a grown man and to tell somebody you know oh you're gonna believe you're gonna believe what we want you to believe and you're gonna stand and respect air quotes respect the national anthem and the, the flag and if if you don't then you're deemed as what what they what they call it a brat yeah you know that's that's kind of ridiculous so it's like it, it goes back to slavery like you're gonna do what we tell you to do and if not then we're just gonna bash you i mean well, it's, in, it's incredibly hypocritical to tell a child stand up for what you believe in unless it's something we don't believe exactly in. so like you can stand up for what you believe in as long as it's something that we can tolerate well i want i just want to let you guys know this just in case you didn't australia does not have freedom of speech that's what I wanted to ask. Mm-hmm. And like, if that's the case, I can understand the, the backlash towards her. But not but not. still, the, but the still, degree, yeah. The degree yeah. of it, no. I think I think the world should have freedom of speech. Yeah. It's ridiculous that just because you believe something, you can't say it. That's, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But just to let the listeners know that when we continue this conversation, that uh, Australia does not have freedom of speech. Right. Doesn't matter. She's nine. I, I'm sure there are kids that have said crazier things. Yeah, there, there's kids that said crazier things. But to like go to the media and like you know bash her like that, that that was wrong. Okay. You know, correct it in, in the household. Could or, you imagine if Donald Trump called out a nine-year-old? <laughs> the world would love it. I, I mean, going to your point, Styles, I don't think, I think Trump is smart enough to know not to do that. But obviously this runs very parallel to the Colin Kaepernick situation. And I think it's a point of the people who are reacting to the situation, these politicians, Pauline Hansen, Tony Abbott, the other guy who I'm not even going to remember because he's such a loser. <laughs> but I think they're reacting to what they want or what they think that she's fighting for. They think she's disrespecting the flag. She's not doing that. Mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick was not disrespecting our veterans. Uh, he was not disrespecting the flag. He was Both these people, the girl Harper and Colin Kaepernick, were fighting for something outside of the flag. They're fighting for what the flag represents. Colin, in Colin Kaepernick's case, he was fighting for the symbol of freedom that the flag said. Harper, in her case, she's fighting for the words that are said in the national anthem, not being true to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So it's not a case of them bashing on veterans or bashing on the flag. It's a case of them standing up for saying, hey, if you want this to represent this, you should stand by that. So I I also just want to say anyone 
who says I, all you Twitter trolls out there, anyone who says Colin Kaepernick or this little girl protesting the uh, military, your conversation automatically should be thrown out the window because you obviously didn't listen to anything that either of them said. Colin Kaepernick, right after he, you know, he was exposed, I guess, exposed for kneeling. That was an air quotes that. He has a lot of respect for the military, and this had absolutely nothing to do with the military. Well, yeah, he he reached out to veteran Nate Boyer himself, Mm -hmm. and Nate Boyer was the guy who said, you know— because he was sitting on the bench yep. when he first he started. Said, sure. And Nate Boyer said, you know, it'd be more respectful to us veterans if you kneeled. So it was supported by a veteran. Yeah, and it's not a military. Man, something. I don't understand kneeling and then you get like disrespecting military out of that. And same thing with the nine-year-old. I don't see what she said was wrong. I mean, she did want to stand up for a song she didn't believe was I mean, was fully real. The the politicians is the one that's acting like a nine year old because it's like that's a good a nine year old just made you so mad that you went to the media and you said bad things about her just because she's standing up for what she believed in. So it's like now you're out here looking like the child and she's looking like an adult who's doing what she believes in in a peaceful way. Well, yeah, I, I would see this is more of like a what? Yeah, that was actually a very good point. Fix. She's doing more of like a peaceful saying, "Hey, this you're not you're forgetting about the people who is home." this was first kind of what how we did it with the native americans we just forgot about them but yeah it's it's not she's not disrupting the class she's not standing on a table and says this fucking song sucks she's saying you know i don't stand by what the national anthem says so i'm just gonna sit it just just a reminder that the hating peaceful protests is nothing new even though it makes no like even when someone's being peaceful just protesting gandhi was hated for not wanting to be violent but and then um I mean, to, but to to hate a little girl though like come on they didn't necessarily say they hate her they did call hating. her brad you call her names you call her out to the media you, you, you did your hating, best to embarrass her you're, you're hating what she's doing country. and why she's doing it for it. so it's for like, the wrong reasons yeah so it's like come on like that's that's just stupid of course we can't speak too much on that situation because we're not in Australia we don't know their rules and stuff if you want to say okay in a respectful way what she said was wrong because it broke the law because they don't have freedom of speech and that's understandable but to like go in full detail like she's an adult and like you're just bashing her like she can protect herself that's stupid and then you're blaming talking about um she's brainwashed take her out to schools and all this other stuff if she's brainwashed by the schools then that says a lot about you and your country because don't y'all fund the schools don't y'all set up the schools and control what's being learned and taught in the schools so that says a lot about you if she's brainwashed would would, uh, add on to this just from the comments I've read about Australian politics and I'm sure our listeners will send us a few emails telling us this is very true but Pauline Hanson and Tony Abbott are not the most popular politicians in Australia (laughs) Tony Abbott had the third lowest career approval rating of 24% and Pauline Hanson has multiple allegations of racism towards indigenous Australians, people of the Islamic faith, and immigrants from Asia. I mean, now that you have the extra information, you're like, okay, nah, I can't it take makes them sense. Serious. Yeah, I expect, I expect the Australian people and like the politicians to get somebody who's more worthy to represent them because those two, obviously, it's like the two people that's representing you guys is just like having Donald Trump represent us. Like, <laughs> it's not a good look. I would like to know who the Australian people get behind. Are they behind a nine-year-old? Like, who, yeah, maybe. I, w- I would say most of, from the comments I saw, most people were supporting the nine-year-old, the nine-year-old. and basically saying these people are so stupid, these yeah. politicians. But I don't want you to get behind her just 
because she's not. Yeah, that that's a good point. Like, or just because you don't like the other side. Either. Yeah, or yeah. just because you don't like. But like, I, I want you to get behind the fact of the story, not just because it's a nine year old little girl. Like if she was sixty something, or you know, even older than that, like twenty. You say sixty seven. No, no, I'm saying I'm saying like like older than nine. I'm saying older than nine. Like if if you was like twenty years old or sixty or whatever, I want you to get behind of what she's fighting for. Not just because she's a little girl, you think that she's adorable and like you don't want to be that jackass. It's yeah, like, that's oh. actually a really and, good point. And that's why I think the message for Colin Kaepernick got lost. A lot of people just back him because he's black. I didn't even back up uh, Colin Kaepernick at first. Oh, I did. Because I was like, I felt like he I felt like he kneeled for attention. Wow. Because the whole story wasn't in the air yet. So it's like, okay, Colin Kaepernick is falling off. What are you kneeling for? But he was kneeling before that. Exactly. Before I, I didn't know that. So it's like, I thought he was kneeling because he wasn't getting in playing time and he needed attention Funny. and then when the story came out of why he was doing it, I was like okay this makes yeah, sense yeah I agree with you on that because when he first started kneeling like the announcers they would just say oh he's doing something against the flag they didn't actually explain why mm-hmm. he was doing it and then when he actually found the right voice to get out his message then then I was like, okay, yeah, yeah that then, makes a lot more sense. And then at first it was like, uh, he was still trying to find a contract because if I'm not mistaken, he adds out of his contract. And then he started complaining he about, playing him though, I understand that, but it's like his, uh, the way that he was playing, it didn't live up to a contract. So it was like, of course. That's what I want to say is like people, like when they talk about Kaepernick not getting a job, they're like, oh, he's this fantastic quarterback. He's like, like, no, like, like, he's cause I like looked mediocre. Up, I looked up the stats. It's like, he didn't deserve a starting job. No, he did not. But he also didn't deserve to, you know, be pushed away from getting the contract because even though he asked out of his contract you know that was your wrongdoing like they didn't let exactly. you go you asked out of it and then Never you still try to work your way back into getting the contract but you shouldn't never ask out of it like yeah. just finish that season and then do what every football player does in the offseason work your way into a new contract but to, but to be fair though I, I feel like Cap also felt like he was getting shorted because of his protest so yeah, I, I felt no, that, so that, was, that took... was part of it but well, well this is where I stand thing. on that point Styles is I think most teams are okay with having a PR nightmare and we can, the Ka- Kaepernick situation is a PR nightmare. And I think most teams are okay with having that if that player is good enough to make up for that PR nightmare. Yeah. Like you look at Michael Sam, the first openly gay person in the NFL. He's not in the NFL anymore and because he wasn't he wasn't a good player. Nope. Uh, you look at Johnny Manziel. Wasn't good. Same thing. He wasn't good enough to play up to his PR nightmare. You look at Tim Tebow when that eventually all spiraled down. He wasn't good enough to stay on a team because a team saw him as a PR nightmare and he wasn't good enough to make up that uh, situation. And you know, I was I was watching I was watching a show on Fox Sports, Colin Coward's show, but he wasn't on today. It was another guy, and he was saying the herd. I think it's called. Yeah, the herd. He was saying that the reason why Colin Kaepernick does not have a job is because he's not a backup quarterback. Because a backup court, the biggest uh, job of a backup quarterback is to get the starter ready. That's not what Kaepernick does. He's not. He's not that kind of quarterback. He's the guy. So I feel like if. There's a contending team, and their starting quarterback went out. I feel like he'd be a better option than come filling in a lot of backup quarterback. Mm. But that opportunity is just not there right now. There's not really any team that's like, okay, we're like this close to a Super Bowl, but we just need to upgrade our quarterback. After I felt like when he started kneeling, you know, his job was already over. He lost his job to who? Blaine Gabbert. Right? Blaine Gabbert. Okay. That's embarrassing. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> the touch bases of what you said, Adam, is like, you're not worth the traffic that's coming in right exactly. now. Exactly. 
So, yes, we're going to let you go. And same thing with uh, Josh Gordon. You know, he had all these issues Man, with the cops, that, like, but he's good up. enough. Uh, actually, he was just traded to New England. Yep. Was he? Yep. Yeah. I don't know my fantasy team, see, so I'm happy about <laughs> that. That's the thing. It's like he, he goes through all this bad stuff, but he's good enough exactly. to deal with. Yes. If, if Colin Kaepernick did all this around the time he went to the Super Bowl, it wouldn't have been a big issue. Because he's a star now. You know, everybody loves him. But as soon as he lost his job, 49ers fans is already mad because you're losing us games. You're not winning enough. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to the bench. And then he starts kneeling. So it seems like it came off at first that he started kneeling because he lost his job. So now he needs an attention. Quick side note, Josh Gordon once led the league in receiving yards playing 12 games. High for all of them. That's my dude. He's always, I always draft him. But anyways, to finish like Kaepernick in the NFL, because people are probably going to comment, oh, there's Greg Hardy was in the NFL, Ray Rice, people who with domestic abuse. The thing, like I have to say to that, it's it's wrong. I don't want to like get anyone confused by that. But when... From the media's perspective, the media is not going to ask teammates, coaches about their domestic abuse. But when you bring in like a Tim Tebow, a Michael Sam, like in Michael Sam's case, there were reporters waiting for other players to come out and be like, hey, what's it like to shower with a gay man? Or with the Tim Tebow thing, they asked him when he was with the Broncos, oh, do you guys do prayers before games? So that's like, to me as an owner, I'm like, I don't want my other team affected by this one guy. And he's not good enough, going back to that point, he's not good enough to make up for that effect he's having so why would i want to sign him to a team i completely understand i think there is like a collusion to not hire kaepernick but i also understand why they do not want to hire him i I, honestly i don't i don't know if i truly believe in the collusion i I don't fully buy into that simply because if if he was great the last time he played i'd totally be all in like yeah, yeah it totally makes sense but because he was not playing well plus with the pr nightmare he just is not worth the trouble so from a business standpoint now personally i give him a job simply because i, mean, that, I have the, no problem with what that, he's that's doing the problem people don't look at it as a business situation well let's well let's get into that let's forget about the kaepernick in the nfl situation i'm not a black citizen of america i don't know what it's like to be a, cur- a person of color in this country why does what Colin Kaepernick's doing matter or does it matter? It matters. He brought a situation to light, even though it was totally hijacked uh, Donald Trump. It was totally hijacked and, you know, tried to make it into something else. He brought it to light for not only because now there's more black people that also are speaking out about this. Like, hey, this stuff is going on. This is what Colin Kaepernick is talking about. He brought the issues to people who are listening because he took the chance of, listen, either he's like, I don't think, he he probably knew not everyone's going to listen to what I have to say but if I can just get some people to listen it's better than getting no one to listen or not saying anything at all. So, I mean, he took a huge risk make doing this protest. Well, yeah, his Nike campaign was believe in something even if it means sacrificing, sacrificing everything. everything. So, to for him to be able to sacrifice knowing he might lose his job, he might lose endorsements, you know, he could he, he somehow became one of the most hated athletes for a pe- uh, peaceful protest. He he risked all that because he truly believed something and had to get the word out whether or not everyone listened. I personally love I really if I had the money, I have a cap jersey, but it wouldn't have the NFL logo on it. He did risk everything. You know, Nike even risk a lot. Yeah, Nike. But, uh, They're making bank right now. Like, yeah, like, you know, Nike just don't, they, they don't care. Nike, right? Nike they knew what they was doing. Nike took a page from Donald Trump's book and realized, hey, any press at this point is good press. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so we'll take the chance. You know, kudos out to Nike. I liked them before. You know, if you like them now just because of the Colin Kaepernick situation, you know, it's not nothing against you. Also, don't bring up the sweatshops now 
just because now they have Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. If you either you had a problem with that. Yeah, that's been going on since that's the been beginning. going on forever. I so mean, don't bring it up fact, now. I've seen a picture for everybody who's out there who had a problem with uh, the Nike and Colin Kaepernick situation. If you didn't notice, if you have an iPhone, <laughs> you might as well get rid of your iPhone because I can't remember if it's the co-founder or somebody important with Apple supports the Nike situation and um I think they're an investor with Nike now. You know, they they got the Colin Kaepernick commercials and stuff going. So if you have a problem with Colin Kaepernick, you got to have a problem with the Apple founders. Get rid of your Apple products. You know, all this other stuff. Well, like, speaking of the iPhone and to the, the sweatshop thing, like, where do you think iPhones are being made? Sweatshops. Like, sweatshops. I literally, there's fact, literally almost, stories of there's, it, like, nets outside the windows it only to matters, catch people trying to it kill It only themselves. matters now because it's a black guy. And I don't understand. It, that's very true because when we look at Tim Tebow, who also kneeled during the... People don't see that. They, they say, oh, different... he's paying homage to God. Okay. Exactly. Well, Tebow was criticized. But he was criticized, not, but not he was as good. much as Kaepernick. He, yeah, not, he, he no, was winning. He was much. winning, and that's why it was different. Because as soon as he started winning, everybody was like, "Oh, but it doesn't matter." That, that's that's good, yeah, his. Exactly. That's his celebration. That's that's what it turned out to. But when he was on the bench and he was kneeling. Everybody was like, why is he doing that? You know, this, this is football. This isn't Christianity. And then he became the starter. And everybody was like, oh, we love Tebow. And then same difference with uh, the Army football team, Army and Navy University. If that's the case, wouldn't they be disrespecting the flag too? Wait, what happened there? Just Because um, I know uh, when they play each other every year, they kneeled one year. I think it was like two years ago. Okay. They kneeled and faced away from the flag in the end zone. If that's the case, two academies that represent the American flag more than anything, they're kneeling during a game. But y'all not saying that they're disrespecting. You see what I'm saying? It's, exactly. It's, it's like deemed as, oh, they're paying homage to the fallen soldiers only because they're the Army Academy and the Navy Academy. But that doesn't make sense. I think I think the biggest thing in the overarching message that I want to get out is these protests against the flag, they're not against veterans. It's not. That's the number all. one argument people make. They're disrespecting our veterans veterans are disrespecting the flag. No, it goes back to what I said with the parallel with the girl is they're protesting what the flag stands for. The flag stands for freedom. In here in the United States, we have freedom of speech. One nation under God, indivisible, in, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Exactly. People are protesting that the fact that there's people in the United States that don't have the same freedoms. That's what they're protesting. There's not protesting veterans. They're not protesting that the flag sucks. It's against what it stands for. And I think people, I hear that argument all the time. I'm just like, read, read, read what these people people are actually doing. I, I also want to bring up Kenny Stills, wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins, another one who takes a knee during the anthem. He was uh, out with veterans, spending t- uh, spending a day with veterans, I think just earlier this week. You know, people on Twitter were saying that it was fake, <laughs> that he was that he was sent there by the Dolphins. It's and a the conspiracy NFL theory. To, clear, to clear, clean up his image. What they didn't know was that Kenny Stills was doing this when he was in New Orleans. He had been doing this. They, they pick and choose who they want to go after. Well, welcome to the P- PR of America. Uh, just to end this story with Harper, the, the nine-year-old. Harper's father, Mark, because uh, many of the politicians called out her being a speaking head for their parents. This is what her father said. I'm amazed at her capacity for seeing things that don't feel right and having the strength to try and write them. I don't have that. So to see someone so young is really astonishing and I'm incredibly proud of that. Do you believe the father that this was just her daughter, his daughter? 
saying what she believed in? It depends. What or do you, you think that was like a very good PR statement? No. The, the, I, it depends how, like, what are you considering influence? Because I'm sure her dad has probably like said this kind of stuff, but I mean, do we really believe he's just like, you have to believe this, like this, you have to believe this. Or could he just simply even given her some knowledge? Her point is and too she, strong to actually believe that she's being influenced by it. Cause well, like, I think, I think there is always going to be some resemblance of influence. Like, yeah. My I mean, parents you, you could tell were, the kid was like, okay, follow what you want, mm-hmm. but, you know, check this, this out. is, yeah, check this out. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, weed is bad, but check this out. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But just check like this that. joint out, little yeah. nine-year-old girl. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, you know, it, Don't it give like your that. nine-year-old child yeah. a yeah, joint. Yeah, wait till they're 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, you know, I'm pretty sure her parents was like, follow what you want. Just in case you want to follow what we believe, here's how this is going to work. This is how, you know, it goes and blase, blase. So, it was like. And plus, I mean, she's nine. She probably saw her parents believe in something she's like oh well the two people i look up to believe this i should believe this too it's just like my dad is a bears fan that's the only reason why i'm one because he was one so why would she not want to follow her point point is way too strong to just say that oh her parents made her believe that you you can't just come out and say that. yeah and i think especially in today's day and age and i'm sure you'll do this as a father fix you'll kind of just let your child experience the world to get their viewpoint instead of saying like oh this is what i believe in this is what you have to believe like my parents one was a democrat one was republican and i'm right down the middle because i saw both sides i was like okay there's good things on both sides but i definitely think it is there's some nate is it nurture i think there's some nurture elements into it but i also believe that there's so many so much information that people even as young as nine are making their own decisions shout out to your parents for making it work because right now <laughs> democrats and republicans hate each other well they're, they they got divorced so just, oh, it didn't, okay. it, it, didn't it didn't work, work. out in the end. <laughs> they're both happy now speaking on young age even my seven-year-old nephew don't like donald trump he said that yesterday donald trump was on tv and he was like oh get donald trump out of here and i asked him why and like his parents wasn't home but he told me his reason and his reason was like so pure that you can tell that he knows it was actually like factual yeah like like he knows why he don't like donald trump it's not because somebody told him that he's doing this that and the third he knows why he don't like donald trump he did the research himself exactly yeah and like that's all he does he stays on YouTube you know as a young kid so he sees things that's going on so same thing with the nine year olds like I'm pretty sure she sees what's going on in Australia and she built what she wants to believe off her own thoughts and off what she sees and she Harper is very overwhelmed with positive response from across Australia Uh, and just like just real quick to our Australian listeners I would love to hear your guys' thoughts about Harper's protest so send your emails to watercoolertalkpod at gmail dot column. But I just want to end my thoughts on this story with a quote by Nate Boyer, the guy who told Kaepernick to kneel, the veteran. My initial reaction to the protest, Kaepernick's protest, was I was hurt by it. I was upset by it. I felt like the type of oppression I'd seen and fought against in the Darfur and in Afghanistan and Iraq was something we don't experience here in this day and age. But then I sat back and thought about it a bit and came to terms with the fact that oppression exists on various levels. I have no idea what it's like to be a person of color in this country. And more importantly, the only experience I have is my own. Closing remarks on this story, guys. First off, please, white people, stop saying you understand what it's like to be black. That ir- <laughs> man, that irritates me. So I don't. I never say I know what it's like to be white. So what makes you think? Well, the, you you can't tell a black person what it's like to deal with the police. You can't. It's a, it's well, yeah, a totally it's like I, different experience. I have no idea what it's like to be in your guys' e- shoes. Even if you grew up, because I had this conversation months ago. Even if you grew up in like the struggle and like you're a white person. 
you still don't know what it's like because yeah. the struggle, even though it's in the same place, is a different struggle. Well, I just I just watched that movie White Boy Rick, mm-hmm. and there was like a scene where a black kingpin, drug kingpin, drug kingpin, Jesus, kingpin, <laughs> drug kingpin said to Rick, a white kid said, you know, if we get caught, you're going to white jail or you're getting a white sentence. I'm getting a black sentence. The same crime, but I mean, it, it, that that was a bad example because mm-hmm. he ended up the white guy ended up staying in jail for a longer time. <laughs> but just what he said on if we go to jail, we're gonna get a rougher sentence. Like me, I've I've never I've never been arrested, but I've been pulled over before. And I I've never had I've never even had a bad experience with a police officer. The worst case ever is when a police officer accused me of hitting someone that I didn't hit. Like that's the worst experience I've had with the police officer. But it's just a diff it, it's a different feeling when you get pulled over as a black man because you just you just don't know what he might overreact to. You know, you got you got be a little more cautious of what you do and i mean whether or not you stay calm the whole time doesn't necessarily even mean anything any sudden movements and boom i can in your life simply because as a black man you you're somehow more of a threat than anyone else I mean, just the other day I got arrested and he asked me for my license and me not thinking I forgot that my wallet was in the glove department. So, you know, I, he was like, do you have a license? And I was like, yeah. Then I reached for it. But then like I thought I was like, ah, like I seen this before, <laughs> you know, with uh, Philando, rest in peace. I was like, you know, uh, he said, uh, get your license and he reached for it and the cop tensed up. So when I reached for it, I seen him tense up. By then it was too late. Like I'm already over there. So it's like, damn, I should have. You know, I was telling myself before he walked to the car, OK, tell him that, you know, it's over here and I have to reach for it. Don't just reach for it. So that's it. That's a good point because whenever I've been pulled over, I've never had those thoughts. Mm-hmm. I've had it like, oh, it's a friendly police officer. I'll have a good conversation with them. Yeah, I've had the thought. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, that never <laughs> crosses my mind. So definitely thank you for it, sharing that. It's actually interesting. My sister just told me a story yesterday. She's a sophomore in high school. These two girls were fighting after the football game. It's two sophomore girls. And the police showed up and immediately put their hands on their gut. It's two 15-year-old girls fighting. You're a grown man. You're telling me you feel like you need to have your gun ready for two 15 year old girls that are fighting each other there's not a weapon in sight no one's put out a knife even if someone put out a knife you have a gun and a taser why is the why, why is the gun the first thing you go for especially when there's not a firing weapon near you i understand the the act of self-defense but there's a lot of things that you can use for self-defense instead of like oh let me shoot him you see what i'm saying even if you pull your gun out don't aim to kill i know that you know that's probably what you were trained to do but and also i i just want to say is i totally my, my dad hangs around a lot of police officers so i was around police a lot growing up and i totally understand it sometimes it's a me me or him type moment. Sometimes you just don't know and sometimes you make the wrong decision. And I understand that it happens. I, I'm not saying all police officers are bad. But at the same time, I don't I don't think it's wrong to be held to a slightly higher standard because you are a man in uniform. It, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of like we hold athletes to high standards. So if you shoot an innocent, uh, well, let's not even say innocent. If you shoot a man who isn't, who does not have a weapon on him, that is a that is a problem. You overreacted. So if you overreact to that, what makes 
how do we know you didn't overreact? Well, I want to say this. A few episodes ago, I took a shooter test where it was like you quickly are shown either a white guy or a black guy and they're either holding a gun or a phone. And then they're in like different situations. And like, I'm not saying that's okay, but I can see where it's like when it gets to a, like a life and death situation where right. it's like an iPhone or something or uh, I don't remember that one guy who was like running away from the police uh, and he was in the backyard and he took out his iPhone. Mm-hmm. But in a situation like that, I'm not saying it's okay, but after taking that test, it's like, okay, I understand if it's my life or their life and something, they pull out something that looks like a gun. I can see a, where a situation like that goes wrong. Once again, I'm not saying it's right, but I can see it. I mean, even uh, the last killing on Northside, Minneapolis, the guy that was just shooting randomly and then the cops was called and he was drunk. You know, I had this conversation with somebody else that was like, well, he was running away. And I was like, yeah, but he had the gun still in his hand. And yeah. it was like, okay. He's running away, so that shows that he's not a threat. But there's been plenty of people who run away and still shoot. Well, yeah, you could be running away and then hide somewhere and yeah. shoot someone. So, it, so it, I was, I was like, I was on the cop side that time because they shot him, and you know, everybody was like, "Well, he's running away. He's not a threat." You know, as long, gun. yeah, exactly. As long as he has that gun, <laughs> he's, he's a, threat. a threat because my, I can't talk about that. But <laughs> you know, I, I seen people running and shooting behind. You see what I'm saying? So he can easily be running away and. Just shoot at the cop without looking. So the cop, you know, did the first thing that came to mind. Protect yourself. You're running. That's against the law. You have a gun. That's also against the law. Protect yourself. You don't want to wait and see what he's going to do. So, yes, the cop shot him. You know, I'm not mad at that. It's sad that a black man died, but, you know, he had it coming to him. He asked for it. Like, he you're put drunk. himself in a Yeah, situation. you're drunk. You're shooting in the air for no reason. The cops came up. You were sitting on the curb, said, do you have a weapon? Put it down. And you grabbed a weapon and you took off running. And so. I, I, also, I also hate that almost now every time a cop shoots somebody and kills them, it's now a national story. Whether or not the person was, like... You know, whether like it really now it's almost to the point. No matter it doesn't matter what the story is in a minute, whether or not he was a criminal or not. I feel like it it puts both sides in bad places. It it really puts both sides in bad places because now as a black man, you're a little more worried when it comes to the police. And now if you're. uh, Well, I also don't want just to chime in real quick. I also don't want a police officer to be hesitant. Yeah. That you, now they're like, oh, shoot, I don't want to. Like, I, I don't want to be the next cop that's even on the, the news. Even the, and then he ends up losing his life yeah, because exactly. he hesitated. Even the ones that, you know, take black people's side, you know, like y'all said, they do hesitate because you don't want to make the wrong decision. Well, <laughs> in that test, in that test, every time I, it like based on my results, like every time a black guy came up, I was a little slower to react mm-hmm. just because there's that stigma of mm-hmm. your, your life is done but yeah i think it's interesting i think my solution and the solution i'm a very factual based person i think every cop in america should have a body cam there should be it shouldn't be he said she said anymore it should be here's what actually happened let's use our judicial system that's not always on a board maybe sometimes corrupt but finding people maybe even putting together a committee that reviews this footage that's unbiased and get the facts get the facts even with that like i want to be on the record black man saying this us black people overreact to things like and we're, we're never happy i think so people in general though do that. No, uh, like, yeah, but like when it comes to what black people ask for in that situation to where a black person being shot by the cops, you know, it started out was like, OK, well, release the body footage or do anybody got it on camera. As soon as they started doing that, we still wasn't happy because on the camera we see that, you know, a black person is causing the cops to like be hesitant or whatever and like make them have to defend themselves. And then 
we come up with another excuse. Like, oh, well, uh, they messed with the tapes and they changed it up. That's true. So it's like every single black person that I've met, they always have a different excuse for different things. Like, How about this to end this story? What is the solution? Or what are the steps, the beginning steps? There isn't going to be one. Yeah, there, there's, there isn't one. there's not there, a beginning step. There's not a solution. Like, it's so deep now. Yeah, not, only, just, not only that, they're... I mean, their job—they—they they have they possibly—they have their lives, their partner's lives, and the lives of another person in their hands. You're never—you're never gonna have it perfect. So where the cops are only shooting people that deserve—well, no one really deserves to get shot, but and that's not true. But <laughs> but you know, where cop—it's never gonna be perfect, man. Cops—they're human. They're gonna make a mistake. We we one we can't. We can't assume every white guy that kills a black, every white cop that kills a black man is a racist. I think that's a very good point. They're human. They yeah, make they're mistakes. human. There are bad apples, but but yeah, some just ninety nine percent of them are. Some human. just make mistakes. Some just overreact in a moment. And not only that, so it sometimes it kind of bothers me because we never think about the cop side of things. Imagine how a cop feels killing an innocent man. African Americans don't was, want to think about the other side. Well, this is that's <laughs> interesting because there was a recent story about the officer who was like working a lot of shifts. She went home. She went to the wrong apartment. Yep, she saw someone Dallas, was right? breaking in. Yeah, and yeah. she killed the guy. And you see her on the phone, just frantic. She's this is the worst day of her life. Mm-hmm. You can see it in the video, just how broken up she is about the situation. Mm-hmm. She didn't mean to shoot that guy, and now it just became yeah. And now her worst and moment. now she's just getting smeared all over the media. Exactly. I already knowing she. Has now killed an innocent man and now gets smeared by everybody. That's just got. That's just got to be the worst. How is she supposed to go back to work? How are you supposed to go back and try to do your job? That's what I want African Americans to start doing. Even with uh, the school killings, if a shooter gives himself up, you know, like in some of the school killings. Uh, shootings. If they give themselves up, don't sit here and be like, "Oh well, you know, if that was a black guy, he would have been shot." Like we can't sit here and complain about black people getting shot by cops, but then on the other end, wishing that you know the opposition would get shot for doing the same thing. Like we nah, can't I'd rather do that. he just ride in jail. <laughs> yeah, like we like wrong is wrong. Like I can't sit here and be like, "Oh, Styles got shot by the cops last week, and it's sad." You know, uh, they always killing off black people, but then the next week I'd be like, "Dang, uh, this white dude shot up the school. I wish they would have shot him." Like that's that's stupid. Two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. So like you have to stop stop warning what you're fighting for to happen to the other person. You're not that's gonna get away with that. An eye for an eye makes the whole world go black. All right. Well, guys, that was. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for bringing in some hot takes that I think mattered. Uh, once again, this is the Real Is Back Music featuring Fix and Styles. You can find them on Facebook at the Real Is Back Music and Twitter at Tribe Music spelled T R I B music uh guys we had three very strong stories today we had remodeling the lizard people's lair denver airport trolls conspiracy theorists california man who stuck dates with checks faces years in prison and politicians attack nine-year-olds for not standing during anthem what was your guys's favorite story of the day oh uh, definitely the man who was skipping out on checks yeah, yeah, Shout out. Funny. <laughs> yeah all the reason i say is because all those females that brag when they do it to men this is payback stand up for your brothers. <laughs> <laughs>
right. Well, thank you guys for listening to Water Cooler Talk, the only such podcast on the internet, hosted by myself and guest hosted today by The Real Is Back Music, where we take the strangest and most interesting real-life news stories from around the world and just try and have a good old conversation about some of the ideas discussed in those bizarre news stories. And you can listen to our show on Spotify, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, coming soon to an iTunes near you, and also through our podcast network on Podbean or on our website at newwestmedia.co slash talk. And once again, if you would like to reach out to the show with either a strange local news story or uh, some comments of your own on, or maybe you just want to take me out to dinner and potentially uh, ditch me at the end of the night. Uh, You can email us at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com. All right, guys, I usually let the guest end our show. You guys can end it however you want. You can dungeon drop the freestyle. You guys can give some advice. You can tell a story. Whatever you guys want to do, the real is back music is closing out Water Cooler Talk. These whites won't whip my back. That's it. That's all you got. And that's all I got. And that, that goes for it. Even if you're white, you can say these whites won't whip my back because the way I see it, we all not free. We're all in the same boat. We're all slaves to the higher power. And that's all I got to say. That's fix. Fix, what song is that from real quick? Freedom Writers. Uh, the video in the short film was actually shot by yours truly, Adam. So, you know, New West Media. Y'all need to check it out, man. You know, go to The Real is Back Music on Facebook. Check out both of our videos shot by Adam and New West Media. And, uh, yeah, leave a comment, leave a like, leave a reaction, share it, all this other stuff, this, that, and third. Styles, what do you want to say? Feel free to Venmo me some money because it's, <laughs> it's rough out here. You need it. Also, for those singles or for those who are in new relationship, communicate, communicate, communicate. Please, I'm so tired of hearing couples argue. Like, come on, y'all, grow up. I know, I know y'all know how to talk to each other. You're both grown. All right. And this show also comes out on Thursday the 20th. You guys are playing a show. Do you want to plug that real quick? Uh, free promo, man. Uh, you know, we got a show, Poor House Dinky Town, 920, opening up for my Montana's artists overtime. $12 for tickets, you know, hit us up. We got you. We'll plug you because I think they're 20 or 25 at the door. God damn. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, it's trust me, they're a lot cheaper through us. They're like $200 at the door. Also, I'll be there as well. So if you guys don't even care yeah. about their music, just want to meet me in person, I will yeah. be there. All right, guys. Doing a wrap. We will see you hopefully in two Thursdays from now. Peace. This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real. It's the Correction Corner, Correction Corner, Correction Corner. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the very first segment of Correction Corner. I value the podcast on being as informative as possible. And I realize sometimes when you're in the middle of a discussion and you're pulling facts from out of your brain, that all those facts uh, may not be completely true. So I want to make sure I'm not lazy on providing you guys the best possible show and the, the most factual show, because I think that is very important when you're having a discussion to have that discussion be as factual as possible when you are sharing your opinion. I think a few episodes ago, I mentioned having factual opinions is the best way to move forward and the best way to make positive change. So everybody, welcome back to the episode. You thought it was over. You heard the ending theme song. And guess what? I pulled a little prank on you. I am right back at it. So it looks like we have today... 
And I may not get all of the things that were said wrong or partially wrong. So if you notice anything that I do not correct, please email us at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com and we will make sure to add that in into the description on our podcast network and then when we post it on Facebook. But today we have 16 corrections that need to be made. And well, let's let's jump into them. All right, correction number one, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that the Denver Airport mural artist's name, I don't think I pronounced it right, so I would like to pronounce it right to give him the proper credit. His name is Leo Tanguma. And then also in that first story, we had a short conversation about lizard people, and I had mentioned that lizard people were lizards wearing a human suit, and that is not correct. Lizard people are actually shape-shifting lizards who shape-shift into powerful world leaders. Come on, Adam, get on your conspiracy theories. I should have known that. But hey, Correction Corner is right around the corner. I We'll, we'll figure out some taglines for this uh, segment here. And then continuing on during our conspiracy theory story, I had mentioned that there were nine missions to the moon. And that was that was actually correct. But there's a little more, there's a few more facts to that. There was nine Apollo missions in total that occurred between between December 1968 to December 1972, but only six of those missions had moonwalks. And then later in that story, talking about the first the first moon mission being faked, Marcel had mentioned the missing tapes theory. So for those of you who are wondering a little more information about that, the Apollo 11 missing tapes were those that were recorded from the Apollo 11's slow scan television telecast in its raw format on television telemetry data tapes at the time of the first moon landing in 1969 and subsequently lost. The data tapes were recorded as a backup in case the live television broadcast failed for any reason. As the real-time broadcast worked, and was widely shown, preservation of the backup video was not deemed a priority in the years immediately following the mission. In the early 1980s, NASA's Landsat program was facing a severe data tape shortage, and it is likely that the tapes were erased and reused at this time. A team of retired NASA employees and contractors tried to find the tapes in the early 2000s, but were unable to do so. The research concluded that the tapes containing the raw, unprocessed Apollo 11 SSTV signal were erased and reused by NASA in the early 1980s following standard procedure at the time. And then Stiles had mentioned the Australia bit. Although the researchers never found the telemetry tapes they were looking for, they did discover the best visual quality NTSC videotapes, as well as a Super 8 movie film taken of a video monitor in Australia showing the SSTV transmission before it was converted. And then to wrap up that first story about the Denver International Airport, we had two pieces, two corrections on Tupac. Uh, The first one, I had mentioned that Tupac was a frequent reader of Machiavelli and the Art of War. Uh, The Art of War was also written by Sun Zhu. So there are two books 
called The Art of War, written by different people, that Tupac coincidentally read both of them. So, interesting, interesting little fact tidbit there. Maybe that's going to be in a trivia night coming up, and you're going to be like, hey, you know who I have to thank for this? Water Cooler Talk. You're welcome. And then also the other Tupac correction. We talked about Tupac getting shot. We weren't sure exactly what it was, but this is a playback of the night. On the night of November 30th, 1994, the day before the verdict in his sexual abuse trial was to be announced, Shakur was robbed and shot five times by three men in the lobby of Quad Recording Studios in Manhattan. So it was a recording studio. Shakur said that he believed the robbery was simply a setup for an attack, wondering why they would take the jewelry and leave his Rolex watch. In a 1995 interview with Vibe magazine, Shakur accused Sean Combs, or P. Diddy, Jimmy Henchman, and Biggie, among others, of setting up the Quad Recording Studios attack. In 2011, Dexter Isaac admitted to having attacked Shakur on Jimmy Henchman's orders. There it is. Alright, and then during the introduction of The Real Is Back music, we talked about Chance the Rapper and him being compared to a character in the TV show Atlanta on FX. And that character's name is Clark County. Clark County is the character that I'm pretty sure Donald Glover based off of Chance the Rapper. I'm, I mean, the WooHoo commercial, it runs parallel with Chance the Rapper's Kit Kat commercials. I don't know. I, I mean, Donald Glover, if you're ever on the show, you can answer that, but that's just my theory, speaking of theories, but on to the next correction. During the Paul Guadalupe Gonzalez story, I had mentioned that prison sentence for sexual assault can be two weeks, then I corrected myself to two years, and it can be two years, but just to let everyone at home know, the prison sentence for sexual assault can be up to a max of 14 years. Now you know. And then later in that story, Marcel mentioned a another Atlanta episode where Donald Glover was very cheap at dinner. And that episode was called Go For Broke. It was in Atlanta's first season, and it was episode number three. Once again, that episode was Go For Broke. And finally, moving on to our last story, the story about the nine-year-old Australian girl sitting down during the national anthem. We talked about the indigenous Australians having been there for about 50,000 years. And I mean, that's kind of true, but there have been some new findings, some new archaeologists have found new artifacts that could potentially date people being on Australia from up to 100,000 to 125,000 years ago. So just throwing that out there, but 50,000 seems to be the most factual time period for the group of people in Australia now. And then also before our discussion of that story, I had mentioned that Australia does not have freedom of speech, and that is true. The Australian constitution does not explicitly protect freedom of expression. However, the high court has held that an implied freedom of political communication exists. So freedom of speech may not exist or may not be a freedom in Australia, but there there may or may not be in certain situations a freedom of political communication. And then during our discussion of that story, talking about Nike, the Colin Kaepernick situation, we had two corrections related to that short discussion, the Nike-Apple sweatshop discussion. Fix had mentioned that the Apple guy, there was an Apple guy who supports Nike, and that Apple guy is Timothy Donald Cook. Yeah, that's right. The chief executive officer of Apple Inc. also serves as the board of director at Nike. 
And, well, now that I'm reading it, he also serves on the board of directors of the National Football Foundation and is a trustee of Duke University. And then I had mentioned during the Apple bit with the sweatshops that there is a suicide net. And that 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 is very true. That is a true fact. So Apple iPhones are made in Foxicon City in Taiwan, China. And this it was a little farther ago. It was about eight, uh, seven, eight years ago when this story first broke. In 2010, assembly line workers began killing themselves. Worker after worker threw themselves off the towering dorm building, sometimes in broad daylight, in tragic displays of desperation and in protest of the work conditions inside. There were 18 reported suicide attempts that year alone and 14 confirmed deaths. 20 more workers were talked down by Foxconn officials. The epidemic caused a media sensation. The corporate response spurred further unease. Foxicon CEO Terry Gao had large nets installed outside many of the buildings to catch falling bodies. The company hired counselors and workers were made to sign pledges stating they would not attempt to kill themselves. Foxicon is not our stereotypical conception of a sweatshop, but there was a different kind of ugliness. And that was an article written by Brian Merchant of The Guardian, Life and Death in Apple's Forbidden City, which was published on The Guardian in 2017. And then that discussion ended up moving into the protests around Colin Kaepernick's protest. Fix had mentioned that there was the Army versus Navy kneeling game, uh, and that did not actually happen. So this there was, there was mass confusion on the internet. There were some photos swirling around the internet that made many people believe that the Army versus Navy was actually kneeling, but it is not true. A popular photograph that showed the U.S. Military Academy team, the Army Black Knights, kneeling before a game appeared to throw a wrench into the line of argument. The photograph, however, actually shows the Navy midshipmen kneeling in prayer before a game against the University of Tulsa. It has nothing to do with the take-a-knee protest. The gold lettering in the end zone appears to spell out the word Golden Hurricane, the name of the football team for the University of Tulsa. Scott Strasimir, a senior associate athletic director for sports information at Navy Sports, confirmed that the picture shows members of the Navy football team kneeling in prayer, not protest, before the game. Strasimir also told us that both the Navy and Tulsa teams were in the locker room during the national anthem, which is typical for college football. But... A West Point chaplain colonel, Matthew Pawlowski, did take a kneel during the 117th Army-Navy football game, but that was not during the national anthem, that was during the final moments of the game. And when he was asked why he decided to kneel, he said, I began the game praying that no one on either side would get hurt and that God would protect all of us and those who sacrificed for our great nation. Now I'm just praying for an army victory. And then later, a little later on, Marcel mentioned Kenny Stills being very charitable, and I just wanted to continue on that fact and say Kenny Stills is a very charitable man. These are some of the foundations he supports. The Empowered Youth, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America, Justice League, New York City, and Dream Defenders. If you guys hate on Kenny Stills, well, those are a few foundations you can uh, throw your money to. And then finally, the final correction for this episode, episode 23 of Water Cooler Talk. I had mentioned a quote from White Boy Rick. Unfortunately, as of September 19th, there are no quotes on IMBD. 
yet. So you guys will have to, hopefully, if you're listening to this three years later, that quote will be up on IMDb. IMDb. That's a little little meta correction and correction corner. It's IMDb. But uh, yeah, thank you guys very much for listening to this episode. I had a blast with The Real Is Back music. Once again, if you guys want to check out The Real Is Back music, you can check them out on Facebook at The Real Is Back music or on Twitter at Tribe Music. T-R-I-M-U-S-I-M-U-S-I-M-U-S-I-M-U-S-I-M-U-S-I-M-U-S-I-M-U-S-I-M-U-S-I-M-U-S-I-M-U-S-I-M-U-S-I-M-U-S-